if the Packers finish eight and eight, nine and seven, they they probably won't make the playoffs or they will just sneak in. They'll be, you know, the the second wild card. Uh, probably doesn't give you a Super Bowl realistic shot, but it, it gives you enough where you're this season was competitive. But then, you know, that that's where I think a lot of Packer fans would would have been yesterday, two days ago, a week ago, two weeks ago. And maybe that's where everybody still is. But then, boom, uh, you know, they roll out, Nelly, the uh, predictions yesterday, the ESPNs and the CBS Sports of the World. Uh, one's got them 13-3, and three, uh, not making the Super Bowl, but having a home field advantage in the playoffs. One's got them winning the whole damn thing, and Aaron Rodgers winning the league MVP. I think a lot of this comes down to Green Bay and Packer fans' confidence in Aaron Rodgers. Right, because we we all know it's unknowns with Matt Lafleur. Like that's that's a given. He's never coached a, a meaningful game before. He was only an offensive coordinator for a couple of years before taking this job. But remember when we said three four years ago, if you have Aaron Rodgers and it doesn't matter who's on the field and who's coaching, they're gonna win at least ten games. Yeah. But now that we've seen that they won't win ten games and that Aaron Rodgers have gotten hurt multiple times in the last few seasons. It just brings up so much more question marks whether Aaron Rodgers is still the Aaron Rodgers of even three years ago. Because he is getting older. He is aging. We all know NFL is a young man's game. A lot, of, Just a lot of question marks. I don't know how if you follow this team closely, you can have a ton of confidence right now. You can be wary and still have high hopes, but to have confidence that they're going to come in and win 10 games, I just don't see how it can be like that. Uh, I like this one. Uh, 608-321-1670. Again, the Twitter poll up at Zone Madison. Uh, both ESPN CBS have uh, Green Bay winning the NFC. Uh, our buddy OB, he says, it's a trap. It's a trap. Vegas wants that cheddar from Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I would say from the over-under maybe, but I don't know. Like, unless like ESPN is like you know colluding with the casinos or ESPN's getting, uh, you know, it's like an Ocean's 13 when, uh, you know, uh, George Clooney gets all the uh, the whales to get up and walk out of Al Pacino's uh, casino. Uh, and Al Pacino says, I'll give you, you know, 20% of their winnings and we'll settle out in cash every night. You know, unless like uh, ESPN is like a uh, backroom deal uh, with the Vegas casinos to drive up over under bets with this. Now, that's a hell uh, will be of a conspiracy theory Friday take. Uh, short of that, I think this is just, you know. I don't know if ESPN and uh, and CBS truly believe that or they're just trying to uh, drive up, you know, clickbait or because the NFL is by far and away the most unpredictable. I mean, there might be one or two baseball surprises this year, but pretty much everybody, uh, Nelson, at the beginning of the season knew it'd be, you know, it would either be the Dodgers, the Astros, the Yankees. Maybe the one surprise would be if the Red Sox don't get in, but you had to kind of had that covered. The NBA you know, certainly the Bucks were a surprise to do what they did last year, but everybody pretty much knew at the end it was going to be the Raptors, it was going to be the Warriors, you know, it was going to be the Rockets, the same teams that were there at the end. Football's the one sport where you could completely, yeah, it's the Patriots is about the only safe pick. Other than that, it, you know, they're, they're, the Chicago Bears two years ago went 4-12. and Last year they went 12-4. and Yeah, and like, when you're talking about baseball, they're the really the only team that's surprised a bunch of people is probably the Twins. Everyone else that's towards yeah. the top of the standings was pretty much expected to be 
relatively close to where they're at. Right. So I don't know if what ESPN and CBS are doing is saying, look, in, in the the NFL is the only pro sport where there's unpredictability. I mean, you're right. The American League, Yankees, Twins, Astros. Two of those three are not surprising at all. One of the three is the Twins. National League, Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers, no shock at all. Maybe that you would flip-flop Cubs, Cardinals, but a lot of people thought the Cardinals were going to be back. You know, you go to the NBA standings, you know, at the end of the regular season. Uh, maybe the Bucks, yes, certainly was a surprise. But Toronto, Philly, Boston, no surprise. Golden State, yeah, Denver finishing second. I think everyone thought they were a playoff team. Second's a bit of a surprise. Houston, Portland, Oklahoma City, Utah, San Antonio, no shock at all. Now you go to the NFL, it's the freaking wild, wild west. You know, just go back to, to last season's, you know, regular season. Again, uh, the Chicago Bears won four games two years ago. They win 12 games last year. Uh, you know, the the Indianapolis Colts, nobody knew if Andrew Luck would be back. And they had a head coach that nobody wanted the job. Two years ago, they won five games. Last year, they won 11 games, make it to within two games of the Super Bowl. So, I mean, the, the NFL is crazy. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars two years ago are 10 minutes away from winning in New England in the AFC Championship game and going to the Super Bowl. Last year, they finished 5-11 and of the fourth worst record in, in the NFL. So, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings last year were the chic Super Bowl pick. Once they signed Kirk Cousins, everybody thought they were going to run away with the NFC. They went 8-7-1. and one. So maybe what uh, you know ESPN and CBS is thinking is it's not going to be chalk because it never is. So to pick New England playing the Rams is stupid because the chances of that happening are about .001. So let's pick a flyer team. Hey, who doesn't love the Packers? Who doesn't love a good drama of coach quarterback story? Well, let's just let's just pick Green Bay. Uh, or Nelson, do you think that deep down ESPN and CBS and their analysts really feel like the Packers are the best team in the NFL or certainly the NFC with these picks? I think it's got to go more clickbait and more based on what Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have been and have done in in their history. How many times has Aaron Rodgers won 10-plus games and won the NFC? Uh, well, once. He did it one time. Yeah. After all that's happened in the last few seasons, what makes you think that this would be definitely a year where he's going to come out guns a-blazing and the Packers are going to run through the NFC? Out of all the years, I think yeah, this would nope. be your your least likely. I mean, you're 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 not wrong at all. The counter to that again would be some of the examples I gave from the last couple of years. Uh, by the way, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy, and and I don't know if this is just a trend in the NFL, and every time you know trends eventually come to an end. But right now, Nelson, it is the you get a new coach, you can sometimes catch lightning in a bottle, right? Colts, Bears last year, teams that had first year head coaches that made the playoffs, Rams two years ago, Jaguars two years ago. First-year head coach made the playoffs. So there is this notion of right now the the trend is the L.A. Chargers, same way. They've had this guy for a couple of years. Uh, they made the playoffs a couple of years. So is the thinking that when you change up, you know, Mike McCarthy had been here for so long, and it's just the idea of insert new coach, you're going to get instant success. Now, maybe it's not sustainable, and, you know, the Bears will be an interesting case study to that this season. But the the theory is, if you look at the, the the NFL right now, when you put in a new head coach, he instantly has success. And what was Doug Peterson? Was that See, year one or year? I don't know if I year... would go that far that they instantly have success. Well, they pretty every much time. do. Look at what the Cardinals did last year. Well, but 
Exactly. I mean, but there's all again, yeah, they're they're terrible. I mean, Look I at what the Jets did with um, what was it, Bowles? Yeah, he, la- he, he, he lasted was, like a few seasons. Yeah, they he were lasted terrible. not even two years. I mean, yeah, certainly. And look, Cincinnati has a new head coach this year. I think the Bengals probably have the first overall pick in the draft or maybe the second or third. I think the Bengals are one of the worst teams. The Miami Dolphins also have a new head coach. Most, most everybody thinks they will be the worst team in the NFL. So you're right. It's not a lock that if you get a new head coach, you're going to win, but... It is curious that, you know, the nobody, everybody thought the Bears and Colts would be garbage last year and combine those two teams won 24 games and both made the playoffs comfortably. And I, if you, I, you, I, you can't tell me a year ago today that anybody had the Bears or Colts winning double digit games, right? No, for sure. Not for sure. Not the Bears. Just because you had a new coach, you had a guy that was coming into his second season at quarterback in Trubisky, you knew you were going to have a defense, but that offense was so suspect. If you said the Bears were going to win 10-plus games or even 12 like they did, no way. People would call you crazy. I think you could see more people probably speculating that the Colts would have a chance at winning 10 games if Andrew Luck was healthy just based on the quarterback play and the division that they, uh, they play in. But still, 10 wins for the Colts would still be a stretch. And Andrew Luck hadn't played in almost two years. And, you know, Josh McDaniels and others, they couldn't get anybody to take that job, probably because most guys who wanted to be NFL head coaches didn't want to walk into a situation where they didn't have a quarterback. So, um, and look, that's just one, that's my working theory. That You know, that's not, you know, that doesn't mean because Matt LaFleur is a a first-year head coach, the Packers are going to go 13-3 and as ESPN predicts. Um, but it, it, it is, it is somewhat, um, you know, somewhat of a trend and, you know, I, there's gotta be a reason why, you know, both these people, uh, Nelly come up with, you know, it's not like they, you know, ESPN has them at, you know, 11 and five and losing in the wild card round, but they still have the bears winning the division and CBS has them at nine and seven and they're the second wild card, but they bounce out in the first round on the road to the third division winner, you know, who is, let's say, you know, the Carolina see, Panthers or something. I could see where you think this if you're a national media member writing these articles, because if you think the Bears are going to be worse than they were last year, that they just had a, a kind of like out of this world season where they kind of come back to earth. And then you think the Vikings are just kind of the Vikings, a team that's decent but can never get over that hump, and Detroit's your stinker, then maybe Green Bay does have a lot of upside in the division. Uh, the counter, Nelson, to why it could work for Green Bay like it worked for the Bears would be uh, you now get the benefit of an easier schedule. I mean, to remind people, uh, two years ago, doesn't seem like it um or three years ago you know the Packers were I know they were only 10 and 6 but they were in the NFC championship game um obviously two years ago was a disaster uh with Rodgers we've looked at the schedule you and I agreed yesterday that if you know if Mike McCarthy was was afforded this schedule last year I'm not sure he's not still the head coach of the Packers today no, I think we both settled on he'd have 10 11 wins right um so there's that Terry the Bears yes the Bears schedule isn't brutal but it's it's far more difficult than uh, than it was last year. So it's going to be much more difficult for the Bears to sneak up and go twelve and four like it did last year. Yes, the Packers did not acquire a game changer like Khalil Mack, 
But you could say, you know, it's like, you know, from a sales perspective, we always talk about this, you know, with our show or in my business that I own, you know, you, you can get $10,000, you can get one $10,000 sale by to sell to one big, you know, sponsor, or you can get $10,000 sponsorships to get to 10 grand. Guess what? You're still making the same amount of money. You're just taking a different path. So uh, Khalil Mack, Terry, is like that one $10,000 sale. I could argue what the Packers did with Zadarius Smith and, and Preston Smith and Adrian Amos. They didn't get one guy like Khalil Mack, but they got, you know, by a process of bringing in three or four guys, they got better, significantly better. I mean, they, they are going to start. The only uh, starters that return, uh, Kenny Clark, Blake Martinez, and if he's ready to go, uh, Kevin King. So you're you're talking about two, maybe three starters returning on defense. They're basically reinventing the defense. So, yeah, the Bears, you're right, Terry. Khalil Mack, a huge reason why the Bears were able to go from worst to first. The Packers didn't make that type of move. But could you look at, Nelson, the, the equivalent of Khalil Mack is Adrian Amos, Preston Smith, and Zadarius Smith. Yeah, I'd agree on that. I think the the Packers shirt up a lot of holes on uh, defense. Now, do they still need an inside linebacker to step up? Yeah, for sure. But how many times are are you playing your base defense, especially in today's NFL where they're throwing the ball all the time? I don't think that's as big a loss as it looks right now on the surface. Yeah, and I I predicted it last week. I'll have to wait and see on Thursday. I predicted that the Packers starting inside linebacker wasn't on the roster before the final cuts, and I think I'm going to be right. I mean, we'll see if B.J. Goodson can get up to speed, but, you know, they traded who was a a pretty decent player for the Giants, you know, started 15 games last year. So I know the Giants were terrible, but that's still a guy who is a starter on an NFL roster. I think he will, if he's not week one, certainly by week two, uh, B.J. Goodson's going to be the starter. So I don't know if he can play. I mean, King can stay healthy. You have a well above average cornerback in secondary. Yeah, I mean, if if Kevin King... I don't know if you saw this. Kevin King basically, you know, you have guys who've guaranteed home runs. You've had guys who've guaranteed wins. You've had guys guaranteed championships. This is, you know, it's a little different level for Kevin King. uh, But I guess you got to walk before you run, Nelson. Kevin King is now in the guarantee business, but not of winning championships or games. He's in the guaranteeing business of playing. You know, Babe Ruth (laughs) made one of the most. I will play tomorrow. Babe Ruth probably made the most famous guarantee of all time if you believe he was pointing, if he was calling a shot back in the, uh, what, the 27 World Series. That's probably the most famous calling your shot of all time. Kevin King's not predicting a Packers Super Bowl. He's just predicting he's going to play tomorrow night. Right. So I guess we got to walk before we run. But to put this into perspective for Packer fans, though, <laughs> who do you think has been the better player the last couple seasons? Kevin King or Delvin Cook? Delvin Cook. Who do you think has played more games? Dalvin Cook or Ooh, Kevin King? Has Kevin King played more games? They've played the exact same Ooh, And amount. a lot of people thought, now that's interesting because that was the pick. He went one pick after Kevin King. and every, Including this guy right here when we were doing our draft show was screaming for that to be the pick. Now ended up in, uh, they had this guy named uh, Aaron Jones who at that time we didn't know anything about. They've played the exact same number That's of funny. games, but we look at Kevin King as a terrible player. Right. The Vikings look at Delvin Cook as a guy with a ton of upside. Right. And the other thing we have, if it had become between just Kevin King and Delvin Cook, Kevin King would still be celebrated in Green Bay. The problem that we have and that Kevin King has is he will always for forever be compared to T.J. Watt. 
And Kevin King's going to lose that argument 100 out of 100 times. So, yeah, if if T.J. Watt didn't go two picks before Kevin King in a pick that the Packers actually owned at one point before they traded it away, I could sell Kevin King. Look, he's not a bad player when he plays. Exactly. I mean, same with Delvin Cook, but they've just been hurt so much. And that's why I've been so hesitant drafting Delvin Cook because of that in all of our fantasy drafts. I actually prefer to draft his backup in the late rounds because I know he's only guaranteed to yeah. be there at roughly half a year. I will say this, and obviously tomorrow we're going to be all in on the score predictor um, and the game, but I will say this, and this doesn't guarantee that the Bears defense doesn't beat the hell out of the Packers offense, but to your point, Nelson, if Kevin King plays tomorrow night, because a lot of people still don't buy Mitchell Trubisky and the skilled players in Chicago, uh, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage Jr., Adrian Amos, Kevin King... That's a pretty good – I feel pretty confident about the Packers' secondary going up against the Bears' passing game. Now, that doesn't mean that the Bears' rushing game won't go for 200 yards and the Packers won't score on offense. But if it comes into a game where the Bears have to throw the ball to beat the Packers tomorrow and your starting secondary is Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage Jr., Adrian Amos, and Kevin King – with your top backups being Tremont Williams, Tony Jones, Josh Jackson, or Tony Brown, Josh Jackson, I feel pretty good about the Packers' chances shutting down the Bears' passing game. Yeah, and even night. if you look at what the Bears did last year, Matt Nagy is known for drawing up those 15 to 20 scripted plays, and their offense looked pretty good with Trubisky. Well, if the Packers can kind of shut them down the first, you know, two, three, maybe even four series, that's all they got for scripted plays. And Trubisky looked much worse once those scripted plays were already ran. But the thing was, they were so good in those first few series, they'd score, and their defense was so dominant that other teams couldn't score. So I think if they weather that storm the first quarter and a half and our offense looks like it's somewhat on track, I think it's game on for sure. Why this game tomorrow night? fascinates me and why this season and this goes back to what we're talking about the predictions again uh, if you're just waking up or just tuning in uh, ESPN and CBS both have the Packers winning the NFC and obviously to win the NFC you don't have to win the division but more than likely you do right if if you're going to be a legitimate threat in the NFC you got to have home field advantage or close and that would mean beating the Bears and so to me the comparison is going to be the Packers versus the Bears and to me that's why this is this game tomorrow night and this season is so fascinating because the Bears basically went all in last season, spent all their money and their draft capital on Khalil Mack. And if you look at the Bears offseason, they only had four draft picks. They had their one free agent signing. (laughs) Ha ha, Clinton Dix. How ironic is that? And, And that's it. They're bringing back literally the exact same team. Oh, Mike Davis, their backup running back, who was a Seahawk running back. So basically, the four rookies they drafted, two free agents, the Bears are bringing back literally the exact same team. so But I think you, you'd have to say the defense got a little worse subtracting Amos yeah, and they swapped, Haha, yeah. And it got worse because you got rid of Vic Fangio as he moved to Denver right. as a head coach. And Jordan Howard, you, you know, he was a good, he was a thousand yard running back the first three years because they didn't want to pay him. So they go draft a rookie. Um, so you'd have to say, do they have, you know, have they got better? But the point I was making is the Packers have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 different players on their roster than they did a year ago. The Bears have six. 
The Packers have basically reinvented half their roster. The Bears have done nothing. So would you rather be the Bears? And then on top of that, on top of that, they haven't done much. They also had an easy schedule. Like Terry said, they did stay relatively pretty healthy as a team. And now you have a lot of subtraction. That's why, Joe, if you look at this board right here, me and Ebo have that bet. I feel great about that. Vikings I don't know. More I feel wins great, but I, I'm. There's no. I've been on record to say I think the Bears are hard pressed to win double digit games. Now, does that mean they can go nine and seven, and the Vikings could go eight and eight or eight seven and one again? They could, but I'm with you. I, I would I, take the Bears under nine and a half all day, and I would almost bet them not to make the playoffs this season. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I think they're going to be hard pressed. Not twelve games. I think they're going to be hard pressed to win double digit games. Now. If you go back to the, what CBS and ESPN are saying, is that why they're picking the Packers? Because if the Bears are an 8-8, eight 9-7 and, eight, nine and seven team, the Vikings are a 9-7, and 10-6 team. If you believe the Packers are good enough to be a 10-6, and 11-5 team, they're going to win this division. Uh, Conrad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, boys. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good Green Bay Packer talk going on right now. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to pump the brakes on, on what everyone's saying about the Bears, though. I mean, I, I, they did what they did last year. Matt Nagy's first year. Um, just, I, I think this is going to come down tomorrow night to turnovers, and whoever wins that turnover battle is going to win. I know that's kind of cliche, but like you mentioned, Joe, we got a lot of new faces on the defense, and that's really exciting. That's a lot of unscouted looks. Um, you know, yeah, we, we've had our defensive coordinator in this spot, you know, calling the shots for a year, so you can maybe kind of scout him a little bit. But when it comes to scouting the Bears, we know what we're going to – I mean, if you guys keyed up that uh, Denny Green, you know, we know what the Bears are. You know, uh, we, we, they are who we thought they are. You know, that, that's what I believe is going to happen. We've got a little bit upper hand tomorrow night. But overall, man, I, I'm, I don't necessarily know if the Bears' defense got worse. I, I mean, um, I just I, – unless we just absolutely just show up and we just knock the, knocked their front teeth out, which I just hope and pray that we do. Um, I just, I'd be, I'm just a little skeptical right now. You know, I mean, uh, we got a lot of proving to do. And um, I, I guess, uh, Joe, I haven't heard your thoughts on, uh, on the head coach's comments about the, uh, the, the audibling at the line. Oh, what, what are your thoughts on this, buddy? Well, I, well thank you, Conrad. Your first yep. thing, uh, thank you. You got to get on Twitter if you're not, because I said this earlier. Uh, the biggest retweet, like tweet I've ever put out was when Giannis uh, two years ago said he's getting his own signature shoe. What should it be? And I said, a guarantee that you're never leaving Milwaukee. Uh, the second most interactive tweet I've ever had was the one yesterday where I put a tweet out to that clip of LaFleur saying Packers media on this topic. And it's a gif of a old colonial man whipping a horse who appears to be dead i.e. beating a dead horse. Um, it is so stupid that the, the media is just trying to keep this. They're begging to keep this story alive. Like I said, on Monday, I get why someone asked it. I probably would have moved on from it if I was still doing press conferences like I did back in the day, but I get why somebody would have asked it. I would have gone with it one time um, and then moved on uh, for this, certainly this week. I would definitely have not have asked it, uh, Conrad, two days in a row. What what changed? How did the you know your 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 job as a as a reporter as a media person is to advance a story? What what changed, Nelson, from Monday when he asked that question 
and answered that question to Tuesday. To ask it two days in a row is so stupid. Yeah, someone was probably asleep at the wheel and uh, might have called in sick on Tuesday, so they had to ask the question on Wednesday. Uh, and then there is uh, there there is uh, this uh, Conrad. If you're you're talking about the Bears, and again the question uh, Nelson, what we were just posing is, would you rather have the Bears roster, who was a really good team last year, but literally did nothing in the off season because they had no money in free agency from Khalil Mack, and they had no draft picks from Khalil Mack, or the Packers, who between the draft and free agency basically reinvented half their team. Who would you rather, what roster would you rather have, the Bears or the Packers? I can only think of this. No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. So, there you go, Nelson. The Bears, uh, to quote the great late Dennis Green, uh, I believe the Bears are who we thought they were. But that doesn't mean that I still don't think the Packers can be better this season. Yeah, and... There's just so many questions with the top. I think the only thing that you can say for certain with the with the NFC uh, North right now is that Detroit's going to be last. I would agree with that. Um, the Vikings to me are such a wild card. Um, I the Bears, the, you got to give them credit for winning 12 games. It's the it's this division to me. It's the Vikings and the Packers. Uh, I could see either one of those teams being seven and nine. I. Oh, man, I just can't see the Vikings being great, but I I can't see the Bears winning 12 games. I think it's going to be a great season, man. I, I think this thing, I, I get what CBS and ESPN's doing. I don't know that I would have put myself out there like 13-3 and three with the Packers, but hey, ESPN, go get them, babe. Could, you, uh, could you see the uh, NFC North kind of being like the NL Central this year? Yeah. Three teams I can see that both kind wild of beat cards. each other up and you get a division winner and potentially two wild cards. Yeah, it's a great point. The national uh, buzz today is very high uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, ESPN's uh, simulated season yesterday by their computers uh, has the Packers finishing at 13-3, and number one seed in the NFC. Uh, Sports Illustrated, or uh, excuse me, uh, CBS Sports uh, season predictions has the Packers and Patriots in the Super Bowl. Packers winning the whole thing. And... Uh, Aaron Rodgers winning the regular season MVP. Now, I can certainly see this being a bounce-back season, and even though no uh, Packer first-year head coach has ever made the playoffs, this is a different NFL than certainly when Ray Rhodes, Mike Sherman, and even Mike McCarthy took it over. But are you that confident? I'll give you one more, uh, Nelson. SI's uh, first power rankings just came out. They're not as... Radio Gaga as uh, as uh, CBS and ESPN, but still pretty high. This is at, at SI's first power rankings that just dropped uh, moments ago. Uh, number one, Patriots. Number two, Chiefs. Number three, Saints. Number four, Rams. Number five, Eagles. I can't argue with any of that. Uh, with Ezekiel Elliott signing, now Cowboys at six. Can't really argue that. And number seven, Green Bay Packers. So there's another one. Falcons 8, Steelers 9, Chargers 10. So the Packers, even though uh, the you know the Steelers, Chargers were a playoff team, Bears were a playoff team, Seahawks were a playoff team, Texans were a playoff team, 
Ravens were a playoff team. Packers ranked ahead of all those teams. So the uh, the love fest for this team continues, man. Uh, this is obviously, if anybody who watched the preseason, not very high on this team. Clearly, the national media putting 0.0 stock in the NFL preseason. Because, yeah, you would never saw Aaron Rodgers in the first team offense. The limited snippets you saw and heard from practice was that the offense was struggling. LaFleur would go to the, 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 the podium just about every day talking about how the offense did not have a good practice. Is, is Matt LaFleur, Nelson, if you believe ESPN, SI, and CBS, is Matt LaFleur one of the great showmen now? Uh, does he move up to the, the early candidate to be the next Bill Belichick of constant misdirection uh, and misleading press conferences because, boy, if you would if you base the Packer predictions on Matt LaFleur, this offense is going to be terrible this season. See, I think you're looking at it from the wrong angle. I, don't, I think this has absolutely nothing to do with LaFleur because a lot of those playoff teams that they have uh, the Packers ranked ahead of, they all have one thing in common. Aaron Rodgers is better than their starting quarterback. And I think... Everyone is thinking you finally have a healthy Aaron Rodgers for the first time in three seasons. Now the Packers will take the step forward. Their defense has improved. Aaron Rodgers is healthy. They kind of cut the cord with him and McCarthy in that stale relationship and just got him a fresh new coach. I don't think it mattered, especially in their eyes, if it's Lafleur or, say, Jim Caldwell. I didn't think it would matter. I think it's the fact that Aaron Rodgers is back. Uh, and and maybe we're you know maybe last year maybe everyone's got a short term memory because yeah certainly last year I get it Rodgers is coming back go back two years ago at the time of the injury the Packers are coming off one of the great wins of the NFL season at that point that incredible game in Dallas they were three and one everything was firing on all cylinders yeah season gets derailed with the Rodgers injury certainly Aaron Rodgers coming back healthy last year I could get behind a 13 and three season last year but you saw a, an entire season of Aaron Rodgers that went six nine and one. 608-321-1670. Gavin, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, boys. How are we feeling this morning? One day to football, Gavin. That's how I'm feeling. Joe, it doesn't get much better than this, my friend. Oh, One day, man. prime time, first game of the year, we've got the unknown of what LaFleur's offense is going to look like. I mean, it, it, this feels good, doesn't it? It, 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 this is awesome, man. I'm uh, I cannot wait. I, I mean, I, I'm some. We said this yesterday to Gavin. Somewhat bittersweet that uh, you know that summer has come to an end. But the, if the trade outs the Packers, I'll I'll make that deal. Yeah, the Brewers are. Uh, it's a rough goal right now, but you know they they were good enough to get us to, to football season really. So I, yeah, it's it, it's still not the way you want it to end, but uh, definitely excited for the Packers, Joe. Hey, you know it. Funny that simulation thirteen and three. It feels a little bit like James Jones. Didn't he predict the Packers to go like sixteen and zero or something stupid he, he last did. year? He and, did. Um, you know, it, it it's the Rogers effect, guys. Um, and I'll say this: uh, this is the most talented team that I think we've had since twenty fourteen. I, I don't think you can argue that. Um, the, the depth on the offensive line, obviously, the defensive additions, guys. I it's a, it feels like a three team race, and and. More often than not in the NFL, it, it comes down to health. If, if Rodgers is healthy, we don't have a hobbled Rodgers like we had last year, this team's going to be right there. Now, I, I, I think the over-under, Joe, is it 9.5 for the Packers? 9.5. Yeah, I feel that's right. I, I, I'm looking at 9-7 and seven or 10-6 and six, uh, if the chips fall right. 
Um, you know, I do think the offense is going to start out a little slow. I think the defense could be good enough to get them the wins that they need. Um, but, you know, last year, you know, Rodgers is hurt, and obviously that, that destroys the Packers season. I do think the Vikings are, are maybe the team to beat. They lost Delvin Cook last year. He's a difference maker. And the Bears kind of just had a magical year, Joe. I mean, it seemed like they were just healthy across the board. I do think the loss of Vic, Van, Vic Fangio is big. Um, I do think the addition of HaHa Clinton Dix is, is, is not good for them. I think he's going to cost them. Um, but it feels like a three-team race, guys, where the healthiest team might win this thing. Um, but I, I do love the additions in the offseason. It feels like the strongest team they've had in a while. Um, it doesn't get much better than this, boys. So uh, go Pack, and we'll talk to you later, fellas. Uh, thank you, Gavin. Yeah, I mean, look, Nelson, to his point, go back to last season. Um, every team that wins, you know, the, the Brewers last year, we talked about, I mean, I don't want to dismiss what they did, but yeah, they, they had a lot of luck. A lot of things broke their way, especially late. Um, this year, you could argue they're not getting that same luck. I mean, last night's a classic example of that. You win one of the great games of the season, and nobody else around you loses. That's bad luck. Uh, a year ago, would four or five of those teams have lost last night, and the Brewers would pick up a game? Did the Bears just, did they, did they live a charmed season last year? And, you know, you, you, you're going to get one of those every now and again. But for the for the lightning to strike twice this year for the Bears is asking a lot. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to be a terrible team because I still think the talent's there. But to think that everything's going to just perfectly line up for the Bears like it appeared to do last year, to Gavin's point, um, is probably not realistic. And I think you could flip that on its head and say the same for the Packers. Could all this turmoil come out again this season? Probably not. Yeah, I, and that's where I think the the idea of a first-year head coach having success has been working in the NFL. Um, you know, again, they're pro- think about the end of the John Fox era in Chicago. Uh, that was a, a disaster. Talk about the on-and-off-the-field distractions. Think about some, you know, think about the Colts and the, and the distractions two years ago with Andrew Luck. Think about the distractions now for Andrew Luck, but I'm going back to last year and how they were able to be a playoff team. What I mean, the only drama right now in Green Bay is like five dopes in the media who keep asking the same question over and over. Really isn't any drama. Yeah, there was a ton of drama last year. These bleacher report stories, these anonymous reports of Rodgers and McCarthy and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, maybe he just did as a, a fresh season for Green Bay. And speaking of the Colts. Yep. You know how we thought the conspiracy theory that they were just kind of leading everyone on with Andrew Luck, you know, for ticket sales and blah, blah, yeah. blah. They definitely knew he was retiring. They just signed Jacoby Brissett to an extension two <laughs> seconds later. Give me a break. You didn't know that was happening. Seems odd on that timing for sure. All right. Uh, speaking of D-bags. It stinks in Indy. What's the juiciest off-season storyline? Is it, I would say, because the Cowboys... I don't think that the the moniker of, uh, you know, America's team still applies uh, with Dallas, but, you know, a lot of people still do. You know, is, is it the, the the Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, always you have the, the, the meddling Jerry Jones? Like, is that the best offseason storyline? Is it, you know, Brady and Belichick doing it again? Uh, or is it the Packers and, you know, the the massive uh, uncertainty surrounding this quarterback. I mean, I to Chad's point, is ESPN, is there a, is there a, a, a an underlying reason why you pick the Packers? Because you like 
the the drama that some people think there is in Green Bay? I yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. But for me, I think the biggest thing this NFL season has to be all the holdouts and contracts, because you have two big name running backs that were holding out: Melvin Gordon, and Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, this morning, if people haven't heard, Elliott got his deal. But you've also had incra- like crazy contract extensions. Like today, Jared Goff got a huge contract extension. All these players are either holding out or getting these huge extensions. Dak Prescott wants $40 million a year. That, to me, is the bigger storyline. The Packer, LaFleur, Rodgers relationship audibles. That's just like so we've kind of talked about this at nauseum, honestly. It's so whatever. Like, if they're not on the same page, they're not gonna be on the same page tomorrow. Right. If this is gonna linger, it's gonna linger all season. The Packers aren't gonna be good. It's just gonna be just like the last few seasons with Rodgers and McCarthy arguing and going back and forth. If LaFleur and Rodgers can't quote unquote get on the same page. I don't see it. I don't think it'll be like that. I'm just a little, uh, I'm just not confident in how good the offense will be to start the season. Well, and yeah, I mean, it's not an unreasonable take by you because the offense hasn't been good for two years and we don't, we never saw it in the preseason. So we don't know how it's going to be this year. Uh, The comeback to that would be, you know, if you buy what ESPN and CBS and SI are selling, is that truly the preseason doesn't matter and it was Mike McCarthy's fault. And, you know, the the assertion that the NFL, the, the way to win now is to get a hot shot, young, offensive-minded coach like a Matt Nagy, like a, you know, Sean McVay, and that Matt LaFleur, even though he's got very little experience, fits that mold and that you put a hot shot, young, offensive coach with maybe the best quarterback in the game um, the rea- the recipe is Green Bay instantly, you know, re-, re you know rubber bands back, snaps back into being a, a Super Bowl contending team, and that's why you're seeing 13 and three, 12 and four Super Bowls and MVPs and the like. Yeah, you do have the the teams like the Bears that come back and have terrible seasons and then go 12 and four, but you also have the teams like the Cardinals that hire a new coach and now they're on to another coach the next season. You have teams like the Jets who had. Bowls for what two years now he's gone so I think it's a real mixed bag when it comes to just hiring a new coach for a new culture and then having success it's not a guarantee for me especially looking across the NFL I think it's pretty 50 50 they either fail or bounce back uh, by the way on the Twitter poll uh, how do you see the Packers finishing Super Bowl team playoff team 500 slash fringe playoff team or it's going to be a long season uh, 40% of you say it's a playoff team. Uh, 32% of you say it's a 500 fringe playoff team. 23% of you going with a Super Bowl team. Only 5% of you say it's going to be a long season. I mean, playoff team to me, Nelson, that would be you're winning in, you know, you're winning a playoff game or games. You're com- you're getting either to that divisional round or the NFC championship game. Do you see that? I mean, do you agree that that's the most out of the four? Would that be the most likely? Or are you going to still be in that? fringe playoff where maybe you're, you're the nine and seven you're the last team in and you lose the wild card game or you're eight and eight and you, you you goes down to week 17 and you're the first team out type team see i ended up voting 500 slash fringe playoff team but that's with a big butt i mean if we could go back and look at this and make this prediction after week three 
my opinion could completely change. I think I could either be this is a, a playoff team or this is uh, going to be a long season. I think by week th- after week three, you'll know if this team is ready to take the next step or it's still going to be kind of what it's been the last two. And that all hinges on, in my opinion, LaFleur and if he is competent to be a head coach in the NFL. Because I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. Nobody knows. I mean, Mark Murphy thinks he knows. Yeah. But Mark Murphy also talks about how he knows a lot of stuff about a lot of different things, and he hasn't been too successful lately. Well, but there's one, and I don't want to jump on you, Nelly, and, and, and correct you, but there's one big thing you missed there in that. Do you want to know what that is? I think I know what it is. I don't want to brag, brag about myself, but <laughs> um, I've been, all of my adult life, I've been in, involved in football. His entire, Nelson, the key sentence there, or the key part of that sentence, all of his adult life, he's been around football. I mean, like, I can say, all my, you know, 18 is an adult. Since I've been 18 years old, I've been in the, uh, in the media at some level. I have been around the media all my adult life. Look at this. Now, you know now, now I'm the co-host of one of the, the high, highest rated, most successful you know, syndicated radio shows of all time. So if you follow what Mark Murphy's saying, the Packers and LaFleur are going to be just fine this year. You He's been else? around football his entire adult life, Nelson. Yeah, you know who else has been, though, too? Hugh Jackson. How'd that work out <laughs> in Cleveland? They didn't win a freaking game. He's been in football his whole adult life. Oh well, I mean that has just got that has got to be one of the dumbest statements of all time. I, I, like I how just some guy chuckles because it was probably pretty funny actually hearing him say it, and then he had to laugh even louder. This is just when it's all said and done. If they did, you know, the playoffs, or we're talking about practice, or you play to win the games. This one's got to be on the Pantheon. I don't want to brag about myself. But <laughs> the one uncomfortable guy, there's that one media guy who's like, oh, should I laugh? Is he trying to be funny? Like, I love the uncomfortable media guy laughter. Here, listen. I don't want to brag about myself, but <laughs> there's always that one guy wants to. There's always the one or two guys in the media. Uh, most of them work, uh, you know, across the street from us downtown in this city. But there's always that one or two media guy that wants to be the buddies with everybody. So there's the one guy that's laughing at Murphy's joke. I don't want to brag about myself, but <laughs> you don't hear a you don't hear a Roy. This isn't the the Chappelle show on uh, Netflix where you've got fifteen thousand people dying. L- 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 the one guy here, Nelson, thinks Mark Murphy's funny. I don't want to brag about myself, but. <laughs> <laughs> And that almost just gave him the the reinforcement that he was funny. So then he had a stupid laugh. <laughs> so stupid. All right, 608-321-1670. Uh, how much of a uh, a buyer are you on some of these uh, national projections when it comes uh, to the Packers? All right, the other big football uh, story of the day um, – or yesterday's news cycle. Obviously, today it's Ezekiel Elliott and, and, and Jared Goff signing their deals. Yesterday was the news that the uh, the L.A. Chargers are finally putting uh, bids out for Melvin Gordon. You know, uh, th- and this thing now looks like um, it's going to probably be Levy on Bell 2.0. Uh, the Chargers GM came out over the weekend and said, "We're we're done talking about this. You know, take the deal or don't. We'll uh, otherwise we'll revisit it after the season." So. It's basically both team, both sides, Melvin Gordon and the Chargers have drawn a line in the sand. And they're saying, take the deal or don't, we're, we're done. Um, so now the question becomes, all right, 
it, Melvin Gordon's not going to play for what the Chargers are offering. The Chargers are done negotiating. So the only way Melvin Gordon, uh, Nelson, plays this year is if another team steps in and says, all right, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, we'll give you uh, the money you want. But obviously the Chargers aren't going to give Melvin Gordon away. So what it, will it cost to get Melvin Gordon? We had wondered all, you know, July, August, when this started to become a story, what, what would it cost to get Melvin Gordon? Well, we now know it is a first round pick, not multiple, not a Khalil Mack, three years of first round picks, or I cannot believe the Houston Texans gave three first round picks for uh, Laramie Tunsil and his bong mask. It's, I mean, that's just bizarre. Uh, it is one first round pick. They said something like a date, like a fifth round pick, but that, that whatever the, the bottom line is it would cost one first round pick. To get Melvin Gordon, yeah, I think we, it was the one in the fifth, right? I, I mean, a fifth round pick between comp, compensatory picks, and when you flip guys, I, I, most teams, a fifth round pick is you know like an extra pair of socks. You know, if you if you lose a sock in the dryer, you're not really beating yourself up over it, unless it's my Stone Cold Steve Austin socks. If I lost one of those socks in the dryer, I'd be pissed. But if just a pair of your standard white cotton hey, socks. That fifth rounder might have been the deal breaker a few years ago. Ted, <laughs> Teddy T might not have wanted well, to get yeah, rid of it. Unless it's Ted Thompson. You're right. Um, all right. So we we kicked, when this first came up, you know, a month ago, we were speculating first, second. You know, what what would you at any level as a Packer fan give up a high draft pick to get Melvin Gordon? Now that you know the exact figure, it's a first round pick. Um, I would think the seven million you have and, and saved on Mike Daniels. No, they took a lot of that money and turned right around and gave it to Dean Lowry. But the Packers still have, uh, you know, a decent amount of money. You obviously have some big names hitting free agency this offseason. Nothing to the degree of what you had last year, where you had you know Cobb and Matthews and five or six big time starters that were part of the, the biggest being the contract extension of Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, you have not a ton of money, Nelson, if you're the Packers. You would have enough money to get, you know, a, a big-time signing if you wanted it. Uh, you've seen the final 53. We talked about this on Monday. I'm a bit surprised. There wasn't too many surprises on this roster other than, to me, uh, the fact or one of the facts that they only went in or they're only going into tomorrow night at the start of the season with three running backs on the roster. And three years ago, in Ted Thompson's final year as GM, they went in with two running backs, Eddie Lacy and James Starks. And by week four, both were out for the year. The Packers literally had zero running backs on their roster. Eddie Lacy played against the Cowboys on one leg. He basically retired him from the NFL. And then the Packers were picking up guys off the scrap heap the rest of the season. And they never really found anybody that stuck. Um, you have Aaron Jones, who's, I agree, again, I, I say this over and over, a great player. But he, he has not shown that he can finish a season and be a feature back. The Packers are now making him in the feature back. That, to me, still would concern me, and it does concern me as a Packer fan. You have Jamal Williams, who's just what he is. He's a decent backup NFL running back. He's not a starter. He's not a guy that's going to get you 25 carries and 1,000 yards. He's a guy that, if you need a change of pace or if your starter gets hurt for a game or a half, that can get you 10 carries and maybe 50, 60 yards. And then you have Dexter Williams, Who's a six-round pick? That's just you're completely rolling the dice. You're 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 trying to play pin the tail on the donkey with that. Do you buy what the Packers have, or would you say for a boy? If you want to talk about a win now move, you want to talk about an all-in now move. Yeah, if you Aaron Jones is great, but you know what would be be better? Aaron Jones in a 
Pro Bowl running back? Or do you say, Nelson, running backs are a dime a dozen between Jones and Williams and Dexter Williams, they'll be fine. Uh, you did carry a fullback in Dan Vitale, so maybe you technically have a fourth running back if you need it. But it's not about the running. It's about Aaron Rodgers, and it's about Devontae Adams, and it's about Marquez Valdez-Scanling, and it's about can they get something else out of Jimmy Graham. This would be completely idiotic to entertain a first-round pick for Melvin Gordon. Would you consider seeing the Packers roster and the Packers assets, would you consider giving up a first-round pick for Melvin Gordon? I mean, there's a lot of different factors that you have to, you know, kind of balance here on what you're trying to do if you're the Packers. I don't know if I would. I don't think Goody would. I know what Joe Miller would do. Oh, you do? What would Joe Miller do? I'm curious. Joe Miller's all you were in on Melvin Gordon. Uh, Not Joe, a doubt in my mind. Uh, I, uh, by the way, our buddy JD, our capologist, thank you, JD, currently... Uh, the Packers have $10 million available. The number for Melvin Gordon was somewhere between 7 and 8 So you would have the money to do it. So the money is not a concern. The It would be the asset. Now, look, it would somewhat limit you, and you wouldn't have very much money going into the offseason, although a lot of salaries like, you know, Brian Bulaga, who is a 30-something oft-injured offensive lineman, is going into a contract year. I love you, Brian Bulaga, but you ain't coming back for no $10 million bucks a year. So the Packers will have some choice to make in the offseason. So, but this wouldn't be a money move. To answer your question, Nelson, yes. I would say do it in a second because here's the reason why. What, what was one of the biggest criticisms of Ted Thompson, especially late in his tenure? They never went all in for Rodgers. They never surrounded him with talent. You know, it was started with, with, with Randy Moss and Favre in, in Favre's final year in Green Bay. Then it moved to uh, Marshawn Lynch, who Aaron Rodgers, former teammates at Cal, was actively recruiting. And then it was Tony Gonzalez, who wanted to end his career, you know, on a Super Bowl winning team, and he had been thrown onto the Packers. And then it was AKA Mr. Big Chest, Antonio Brown. Last year it was Le'Veon Bell. None of them ever happened. Here would be where you could never complain because if anything, Nelson, this would shut up Packer fan that says the Packers never go all in. If you went out and traded for an all-pro, a Pro Bowl running back, who, by the way, has Wisconsin connections, but I wouldn't think that's that's just a bonus. You can't say you're not going all in. I would do it in a second if I was Brian Gutekunst. In a second, a first-round draft pick for Melvin Gordon. Joe, you're easily predictable. You're easily predictable. The Brewers... The Bucks, which, they, I mean, they haven't really been in many positions to go all in. But the Packers, you're always going all in. All you got the time. to, baby. Hey, I said go all in the last years of the Brewers. They might not ever make it back to the National League Championship Series. Turns out I would have been right. You don't know winning. You, winning is hard to do, man. If you have a player... Who, what if the you Packers... You wanted to pay $50 million to Darvish and Arietta. Hey, you think Rashawn Gary's going to stink, right? Yes, that's correct. So that was the 12th overall pick. If the Packers are going to be somewhat decent, you're talking about giving up, what, the 20th, the 25th? Right. The if they're willing to take Rashawn Gary off my hands if I'm Gutekunst, I can finally admit that that was already a mistake. Give him Gary a fifth rounder in hell. I'll even throw in a fourth rounder just to get Gary off my roster. The uh, LA Chargers come out yesterday and say... Deal's off the table. Negotiations are done, Melvin Gordon. Come back and play this year for what you're supposed to make. We'll talk about a new contract after the season or sit out. 
And Melvin Gordon has said he's not going to play for what he's being paid. So the only option of Melvin Gordon playing this year would be to have him traded to another team. The Chargers now have, we wonder, we were speculating what the asking price would be. We now know uh, Chargers GM said it would be a first and a fifth round pick. Basically, you're giving away your first round pick. A fifth round pick between compensatory picks and flip-flopping picks. Teams trade day three draft picks like, you know, I used to trade baseball cards as a kid. Um, So the bottom line is it would be a first round pick. Now, whether you're the Packers or any team, I mean, hell, Nelson, uh, Laramie Tunsil. Hey, I'm not a big weed guy, but I can't only imagine smoking pot out of a gas mask. Probably gets you really high. That dude got like three first round picks from the Texans for him because Houston is so worried about protecting their, you know, franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, Khalil Mack is incredible what he's done for the Bears. That cost them three first-round draft picks. Obviously, Melvin Gordon plays on the other side of the football, and with some of the stuff going on with running backs, definitely a different time in the era of football for running backs. But to get him for one first-round pick, whether you're the Packers or any team, you know, if you are, a lot of people are throwing the Texans out again. I don't know if they have any first-round picks left because, you know, they lost their starting running back, Lamar Miller, for the year. Um, would any team be smart to give up a first-round pick well, I for think Melvin it would Gordon? Be, it's good value, and it would be smart for some teams to give up a first-round pick and a fifth to acquire a talent like Melvin Gordon, especially at the running back position, because I think it's pretty safe to say you got, like, what, five, six top running backs that are really head and shoulders above everyone else. Would you say that? Yeah. I don't he's not Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. He's in that Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, but he is in the 5 through 8 range. He is not the he, he's not Ezekiel Elliott. And once you get But outside, he's in he's in a 5 through 10. He is in the second he's one of the 10 best running backs in the NFL in my opinion. And and I think you even go down to 8. Because once you get out of that top eight, which I think he's in, the, he's definitely in that top eight, the value of those running backs just drops so much. You see that in your fantasy drafts on how how different the top eight running backs are versus nine through 30. I just don't think it's worth it for the Packers. And this is why. I think Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Dexter Williams together – can make a pretty decent running back. Now, obviously, not not all of them are going to have the Melvin Gordon-type stats, but I think more and more, if you don't have a top running back like that, you are using two or three backs to cobble into one running back. As, and that's kind of how football has been going if you don't have those top few guys. So I can see that, and I don't think running back is really the Packers' weakest position. They don't need to go out and necessarily get a running back. It's not a huge hole. Is it possibly a hole I mean we got a lot of questions with Aaron Jones but say he stays healthy that's not a hole at all then no and at the same time Gutekunst in his first two drafts for the most part I've liked what he's done he's in my opinion hit on two out of three of his first round picks he's got Savage and he's got uh, Jair Alexander that's pretty good I think uh, you can and he's got the greatest first round pick of all time Rashawn Gary don't forget about him I already forgot But I'm just saying, like, he's done a pretty good job, especially in the draft. He, If you look at his last two years, a lot of players have been pretty solid or are expected to step in and be pretty decent and have looked good in camp and in preseason. So I think uh, you got to give Gutekunst a lot of credit there 
especially with the draft. And I think you can use that first round pick, especially if they're an eight and eight team where they're picking, you know, 15th, 16th to go out and get another guy that can be a contributor to that team in a place on the roster where you actually have a hole. I don't think running backs necessarily that big of a hole. And plus, if you do go out and you sign Melvin Gordon after trading for him, you're pretty much out of cap space. That's You're not going to really make many moves unless you make a That's it. significant you do it. cut. Uh, what say you, Packer fan? 608-321-1670. I would agree with you. Running back is certainly not a hole at Green Bay. I think the depth is a little scary. But then the follow-up to me, I would ask you back is, do you believe running back is a strength with the Packers roster? I don't necessarily think it's a strength. I think it's it's almost like a neutral. It, you have the upside that it could be not necessarily a complete strength, but a, a decent position. But if Aaron Jones gets hurt and, say, Dexter Williams doesn't look very good because he was kind of flashy here and there in the preseason, then you have concern where that becomes a, a weaker point and potentially a hole. Uh, all right, 608-321-1670, Packer fans, would you do it? Would you give up one first-round draft pick to get uh, uh, to get Melvin Gordon? Here's more, you know, we were talking about some of the defense, you know, the uh, the or the Laramie Tunsil on the O-line. Or yeah, that's obviously just Khalil crazy. Mack. Three first-round picks. That's for a... just, that's insanity. Well, let me give you one that's more apples to apples. Same side of the football skill position, not the exact same position. But go back to the trade deadline last year. The Dallas Cowboys give up a first-round pick for Amari Cooper. A lot of people thought they reached, that they could have had him for a second or third, and that they overspent. Turns out Amari Cooper for a first-round pick was a hell of a deal for the Dallas Cowboys, and I guarantee Amari Cooper is better than whoever the Cowboys would have taken with that 25th pick in the draft. You would agree that that was a smart move to give up Amari Cooper for a first-round pick for Dallas retrospectively, right? Oh, yeah. and I mean, we saw that Amari Cooper had a ton of talent with the Raiders. It wasn't Amari Cooper's fault that he struggled. It was Derek Carr was having a terrible season. That team just in general with the head coaching was a mess. I feel like that falls more on the Raiders and its organization and quarterback play than it did on Amari Cooper. Uh, yeah, 608-321-1670. But, I mean, you're right and good for Dallas, but I would say the same thing. What if this falls on L.A.? What if the Chargers are undervaluing Melvin Gordon and you can get let, – let's say ESPN's right. Let's say CBS is right. Let's say Sports Illustrated is right. And the Packers go 12-4, 13-3, 11-5. Well, guess where they're picking? 27, 28, 29, 30. I mean, yeah, you can still grab a great player there, but the percentages of getting a superstar player go down every pick, and Dallas, oh, by the way, that first-round pick would have been the 27th overall pick. Turns out the Raiders took some guy named Jonathan Abraham, a strong safety for Mississippi State. We'll wait and see how it ends for Jonathan Abraham. I'm going to guess that Amari Cooper... Is more of a is is more valuable to the Dallas Cowboys last year, this year, and beyond than Jonathan Abraham would have been for Dallas. Now, again, doesn't mean that the Packers, with whatever pick that would have been, don't find the next superstar player. But the odds are, especially if you're trying to win now, which I think the Packers are trying to do, a, a guy like Melvin Gordon or Amari Cooper gives the Packers a better chance to win in 2019 and 2020 than the 27th overall pick that you might not find out. Like, yeah, Kenny Clark turned out to be a good player. It took us four years to figure that out. 
You want to wait around three, four more years to see if uh, the Packers' first-round pick next year turns into something or or trade for a known commodity that can help you win right now? 608-321-1670, who do we got? We got Hawkeye. Hawkeye, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, guys. You know, today's the one day of the year that, you know, I get to gloat a little bit. Not that I haven't done that all throughout the year as the two-time back-to-back champion for the Fantasy League. So tonight's our draft, and I'm just putting everybody on notice. Even though I've got to work tonight, uh, and I'll probably be, like, doing the draft from, I don't know, across the room and trying to keep an eye on it, or I might even have to do an auto draft, I'm still going to basically kick the crap out of everybody in the league. Whoa. Um, you know, it just it is what it is, man. I mean, literally, Joe, you're the only guy in the league that really, like, even gives me a challenge. Um, it's pretty sad. I mean, Ebo, uh, that's there's not even a challenge there. So is Nelson? Literally. Nelson, yeah, so Nelson's going to be in it this year? Nelson's in. Okay. So the, well, maybe there might be a little bit of a challenge, but, I mean, literally, I might sleepwalk through this year and be the first ever back-to-back-to-back champion. So um, I wanted to call in and talk about Zeke. Um, this really, really, really pisses me off, and here's why. First off, I don't like him because he played at Ohio State, and that's fine because I'm an Iowa guy. And if you're a Badger, you probably don't like him either because that's cheat, cheating you or cheating university, but that's a whole other story. But first off, let me say the guy's character is in question. And what does it say about Jerry Jones and the Cowboys where you let this, let this malcontent go off to Cabo Wobble or wherever he's at, take his ball and go home and whine and complain and cry like a little bitch, and then he shows up right before the, 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 the start of the season, no training camp or anything like that, and he gets his way. They give him $50 million guaranteed. You tell me, Joe, you tell me, Nelly, right now, you think over the next six years that this clown is not going to get in trouble again? He is. He's garbage, all right? And you've got a guy like Dak Prescott, and, and, and you've, you know, who, who's shown up and he's been accountable, who's been in a, and still doesn't have a deal. You've got Amari Cooper, still doesn't have a deal. Zeke got a 16, he had a $16 million deal. He got the signing bonus, right? When he signed because he was a first round player. It just doesn't make sense. Whatever happened to doing things the right way or, or, or actually having some sense of accountability and, and doing things the right way? It's like it's a sad day when people in the NFL can whine and complain or whatever and get their way and get a $50 million guaranteed uh, contract. It's a bunch of baloney. Give the contract to Dak first because he's been – he's the guy that touches the ball the most. I understand they said that Zeke is your best player, but Dak has been accountable from day one. I think it's a bunch of garbage. Yeah, thank you, Hawkeye, and I look forward to seeing you tonight. I mean, I, you know, I, we'll see if it blows up in their face. That, that's a, it's a, to his point, Nelly, it's a fifty million dollar gamble because that's how much guaranteed money he's getting. Now, the, the comeback would be the most valuable player on the Cowboys isn't Dak Prescott; it's Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, time will tell if because uh, I'm, I'm with you. I don't. Th- I think they're going to let uh, Prescott walk in the off season. And they're going to try and find another Dak Prescott, like a rookie quarterback who can just be a game manager with a great running back and a great offensive line. But uh, that is a gamble, Hawkeye, to be sure. 